Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. It's Wednesday. We're halfway there. How's everybody doing today? Feeling good? Well, if you're not, like I say, you will be by the end of the show today. Glad and thankful to have you here. Would you do me a favor real quick? Just click that like button. And if it's your first time watching or listening to the show, I'd love to have you subscribe to the channel and come back and join us here on the show every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. Why don't you hang your hat, stick around, have a cup of coffee, join us this morning with your morning Joe, with all the friends in the show. Joni Rankin here already this morning. How are you, Joni? You look lovely today. Robbie Theremin, as usual, strapped to the gills. My lovely smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife, Stephanie Peterson in the chat. Andy Opperman, my local broham. Floby Tenderson, Bitch Mobile, KV Andy, nice to see you. How you doing, Bryant SJ? How are you doing, Bryant? Is this your first time here today? P Ridge 62, we can always count on you, sir. Whistling Dixie, nice to see you. Glad to have you here. All the friends of the Wake Up America show, we're ready to roll. We got a lot of big news today. Donald Trump dominating Iowa. Oh, man, are you happy? Or are you sad? See, the thing is, I know some of you would be like, hey, well, Austin, shouldn't you be upset? Because I know you're a big, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy fan. No, I'm not upset because the fact is, is that I've seen this coming. I've known that this was happening for quite some time. I'm not going to lie to myself about what's going to happen in Iowa or who the Republican presidential candidate is going to be just because I have a favorite. I picked a favorite based on who was the closest to my principles in the GOP running. But I always knew that Donald Trump was going to be the candidate. That doesn't make me sad because I'm hoping that Vivek Ramaswamy gets a position in the cabinet or maybe even VP. Wouldn't that be nice? And Solorio811, first time here. Nice to see you. Good morning. Good morning to Joe Nissan as well. We're glad and thankful to have all of our new commenters here. We'll hope that we hope that we'll earn your like and your subscribe to the channel and that you'll come back and join us and make us a regular part of your morning routine. I've got a really funny mashup video of uh, including Liz Cheney and uh, some former Trump associates that are just freaking out about the fact that Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee and they have to they're going to do everything they can to try and stop him. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to play that clip and then we're going to talk about that with Cliff Maloney, who's going to join us this morning at 730 a.m. Central Time. He's going to talk about why he thinks Donald Trump is looming so large in Iowa. And why is this news? Well, you knew he was winning. Well, his polling is actually increasing. He's over 50% support in polls. Now, here's the thing. You can say the polls are flawed. They certainly are. Normally, when you see polls like this, you actually have more of a reason to question them because it seems ridiculous. However, primary polling tends to be fairly accurate. We just, we all are a little bit triggered by polls because we remember in 2016. Do you remember when uh, Hillary Clinton was going to win by like 90 something percent or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good morning, G0072. Nice to see you all here. We're glad to make all of our new friends here this morning. We're glad to also be hanging out with our friend Urs Mommy. What's up, Muffin Head? Out of bed, you sleepyhead. Uh, we appreciate all of our friends. PGH Metalhead. A lot of new names and faces here today. Thank you for joining us. We do have a text line if you'd like to have your voice heard on the show today. Uh, you can text me anytime, night or day, at this number, 573. 573- 319-1586. Again, the text lines are always open at 573-319-1586. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. 
Uh, one listener texted in says, do you remember what Rush Limbaugh said again uh, about polls? He's going to grab the clip for discussion. What did Rush Limbaugh have to say about polls? Well, you know what? Honestly, this is a, from a, a Ron DeSantis supporter. I tell you what, we're going to put that in there and I will play this. Here's what Rush Limbaugh had to say about the polls. Um, let's see if we can get it in there. Okay, guess what, Austin? Didn't, didn't, <laughs> Floby Tenderson was giving me so much credit earlier for being able to do so much at once. Well, guess what? Uh, I do, if I'm spinning too many plates, sometimes some plates do actually fall and break. So hold on, let me put the uh, ching on there for you so you can actually see and hear what, what uh, Rush Limbaugh has to say here. Hold on, Chrome Audio. There we go. All right, let's see if that'll apply. Ready? Go. When it's you have one more thing. We're getting close now to the period of time where the pollsters are going to have to start showing the, the race as it is. Now, I'm of the opinion they're not yet. I'm of the opinion that they're still using their polls to make news, to shape public opinion, True. rather than reflect it. But as we get closer to the election, we're not there yet, by the way. But as we get closer to the election, all of these polling companies are going to want to be right when it's all over. And so the polls that we get a week prior, the last polls before the election from all of these different outputs, probably will be closer to what they really think is going to happen. Hmm. And because they have their reputations to predict, uh, protect after right. the election is over. Of course, they may not care about that anymore. It's such a one-sided thing that's going to happen to them. It can be. And the, the, probably the most important thing that he said there is that polls are more often used to shape public opinion than they are to actually reflect public opinion. And the reason you can know that that's true is because think about this. Who actually conducts polls? Who has money to spend on polls and has... If they have enough money to spend on polls, why are they conducting a poll, right? Normal people don't conduct polls. Have you ever run a poll in your life other than perhaps like a Twitter poll, an X poll, if you will? Who are the people who have 10, 15, 20, $100,000 to spend on polls? Well, those are very, very rich people. These are the elites. And why are they running polls? Well, they're not necessarily running polls because they want to find out what people think. They're running polls because they want to help shape how people think. They want to nudge us in a direction. So Rush Limbaugh makes an excellent point there. And I really appreciate our listener who texted that in today. Thank you for that contribution. You can text the show as well again at any time at 573-319-1586. We've got Judge Andrew Napolitano is going to be joining us on the show today at 8 a.m. I'm excited about that. The Missouri Attorney General uh, has launched an investigation into media matters uh, for apparently committing fraud in soliciting donations from Missourians in order to influence advertisers to prevent Elon Musk from monetizing his platform. Is that clear for you? Clear as mud? Yeah, it's a little bit confusing, but that's big brain time. And Judge Napolitano will be joining us to explain it for us at 8 a.m. Central Time. And he'll explain to us if he thinks that um, the Missouri Attorney General might have a case. Can we give it up for Missouri, by the way, for always fighting for freedom? Well, not always. Our taxes kind of suck here in a red state. It's the taxes here are actually pretty bad for a red state. Not going to lie. Um, but uh, we're looking forward to talking to Judge Andrew Napolitano this morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. That's his regular guest appearance here on the show, and we'll hear from him today. I'm looking forward to it. 
At 8.30 a.m. today, we're going to hear from, who do I have on the show? Oh, yeah, Scott Fawn. That's going to be great. So Scott is the benefactor of the Wake Up America show, a big one. He's the one who donates this studio space to us in the mornings to use. Uh, he is uh, a gentleman here in mid-Missouri who is, uh, he's kind of like a politico, I guess you would call him, uh, the politico's politico of Missouri. And he runs a newspaper called the Missouri Times. And this is the building that I'm in right now. Scott Fawn has got some juicy, juicy state drama, state level drama that I actually think is relevant on the national scene. Here's a question for you. What does cashew chicken have to do with Holocaust denial? Well, more than you think, apparently, here in the state of Missouri, where one state representative Democrat lady who's running for attorney general in the state of Missouri got into a fight over what should be the state food of Missouri replacing barbecue, Kansas City barbecue, with cashew chicken. And that fight degenerated into her propping up Holocaust deniers and proudly posting photographs of her standing with Holocaust deniers. <laughs> It's a very weird melodrama, but I'm really excited to share with you because it's kind of funny. Scott Fawn's going to join us at 8.30 a.m. to break down the drama. We're all going to have a good laugh because you know what? It's Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. We're all going to have a lot of fun. We'll all be visited by three ghosts. One ghost of Christmas past, Ron Paul, who will tell us to end the Fed. A ghost of Christmas present, Scott Fawn, who will tell us about cashew chicken and Holocaust denial. And the ghost of Christmas future. That's me, AP, here to tell you that the future will be merry and bright, and may all your Christmases be white. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. All right. All right, Austin, stop being a weirdo. Let's play, let's play the news. All right, so Donald Trump probably going to win the Iowa caucuses, at least for my best guess. If I were to put money on it, I'd put money on Donald Trump. Well, some, some of the establishment are really freaking out about that. Let's take a listen to this. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president um, it, it, because if he is... You can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America and shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the first lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see wait, on January 6th. Wait, 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 What did he just, did that guy just say? I got to go back there. I don't think I heard that the first time I listened to this clip, right? Well, wait, so Donald Trump can shoot the first lady? Wait, what? Next to America and shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the first lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. <laughs> I love the zoom in there. Like that's just goes to show how like an editor, an editor, a good editor, a video editor can make a video funny just with a little bit of camera movement. And that's a little bit behind the scenes stuff. Down there. Hold on. I got to bring it back there just for that shot. Watch this zoom in here. If, if you were looking away, look at your screen right now. And watch this. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer and he will make Everybody raise their hand and salute him using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution, rewrite the Constitution, create mass internment camps, throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed. 
especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals ordering troops. Uh, to uh, attack American citizens. Trump's very well on an extremist base. We'll try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Uh, Hitler and the Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. Let's take away your votes. Seven hours are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. The end of democracy. I think that could be the end of our democracy. Democracy is dead if Trump is really like it. Democracy will be at risk. The absolute destruction of the Justice Department as we know it. The Justice Department could be entirely transformed. I am really concerned about that. Every person who was associated with the attempted coup elevated in the administration. He's reelected to her transgender rights and the rule of law. Arrest political opponents to persecute, not prosecute, but persecute his enemies. Take a wrecking ball to the rule of law. He's going to make the law. Everyone else will have to follow. Vote for Donald Trump. Uh, maybe in the last election that you ever get to vote. Go after the independent and free parts of American civic life. We would tear down our institutions. First, the government of employees. Department by department effort to weaponize the powers of the government. To use the military to quash protests. For reading the government of all democratic safeguards, junking American democracy as we have always known it, that he would try to stay in office beyond a second term. That he would never leave office. There's no question. Trump is reelected. He won't leave. Donald Trump will never leave office voluntarily. And what that means is that everybody who wants us to remain a republic has to put every other thing aside. And, and work, work together, together urgently, urgently right, right now, now to stop that. <laughs> Oh my god, are we enjoying ourselves here or what? Are we having some fun? I think so, huh? Click that like button if so. And subscribe to the channel. We'd love to have your support here on the Wake Up America show and come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. I saw you guys were chit-chatting a little bit over there about Founding Flavors Coffee. What you guys have never heard of my delicious founding flavors coffee our exclusive premium roast absolutely delicious that you can get exclusively at ap4libertyshop.com that's ap the number four ap4libertyshop.com make sure you grab yourself a bag don't forget the martha's mint is going to be gone after christmas time and i'm drinking some right now it's so delicious i put a little bit of milk a little tiny bit of sugar just to bump it up and then like a nice healthy dollop of chocolate sauce so it's kind of like a like zinger pepper. It's like an electric peppermint patty drinking like a delicious. Like if, if you were to eat a peppermint patty and it had caffeine in it, that's kind of like what Martha's Mint coffee tastes like. But you can only get it for a limited time. You've got like, uh, what, 10, 15 days or so, uh, 12 days uh, until no more Martha's Mint. So make sure you get your orders in over at AP, the number four, AP for Liberty shop.com. We appreciate you very much. Wasn't that montage freaking hilarious? God. Now see, good reasons to watch the wake up America show and tune into the show. You don't want to miss programs like these because we've got all the good stuff. Um, we've got lots of great listeners who are sending us texts this morning. You can send some too at five, seven, three, three, one, nine, one, five, eight, six. That's five, seven, three, 
319-1586. I've got an article for you that I'd really like you to read. I won't have time to get into it today, but it's something that is a real thinker that I'd like to share with you by a man by the name of Eric Prince. <clears throat> and I mentioned him casually in conversation to my wife about a month ago. We were talking a little bit when we were talking about the conflict between Israel and Hamas. And essentially, what would libertarians replace you know, a, a military with if we were to have a smaller military role? And we talked about private military contractors. Eric Prince is that private military contractor. And what's fascinating about Eric Prince is that if you actually look at his history of uh, engagement with politics, he is actually, I believe, and, and don't quote me on this one, but he, I believe has been a self-described libertarian in the past. But I do know that he has openly supported and donated to Congressman Ron Paul's presidential campaigns, which is fascinating. Uh, and there's an article that was an interview with him that just came out about 18 hours ago. I, I posted it on my Twitter account. I'll tell you what, I'll pull it up on the screen so you can see what it is that I'm talking about here. But um, I just want this, you to sort of to read this on your own time and to take a little bit of time to understand a little bit more about the problems that America faces from a foreign policy perspective, you can see here that I've tweeted this this morning at 6.31 a.m. Central. Today is December the 13th at 7.18 a.m. But this is an article about, uh, that's an interview again of Eric Prince, where he says a primary goal of the revolution is to transform the U.S. military into a subservient force. Destroying America's ability to project power globally was the goal and firms like Blackwater stood in their way. This is a great interview with Eric Prince, uh, and I think it's, uh, it, it's definitely for those who are interested in learning more uh, about America's uh, problems with foreign policy. Now, Donald Trump is obviously in, a, in great spirits, obviously, because he's getting... And to know, know what the path forward, forward is. is. You have no what would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president. Um, it, it, because if he is, you can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America and shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the first lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. To rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed, especially minority groups in society. Society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing <laughs> against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions <laughs> of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. <laughs> Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and thankful to have you here. Don't forget to click that like button and Join the ch uh, join us every Monday through Friday from seven to nine a.m. Central Time. We appreciate all of our friends joining us here today. All right, well, we've got even more friends who are going to be joining us here live. He is a former Ron Paul and Rand Paul staffer, and now a fellow Missourian 
Glad to have him here. Cliff Maloney joining us live on camera. Good morning, Cliff. How you doing, sir? Great to be here. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Cliff. We're glad to have you here as well. Cliff, do me a favor. We were just playing this clip of ever of like some of the worst Trump derangement syndrome people out there. Liz Cheney. Uh, we had uh, Morning Joe, and he was saying things like Trump's going to make himself a dictator. This is kind of their new line. Trump's going to be a dictator and all this stuff. What is it about Donald Trump that drives these people absolutely bonkers and insane? I mean, there's enough things to criticize him for that people like you and I disagree with him on that could go after. Why do they feel the need to make so much crap up? Well, I think that it's funny because what he represents is a lot of what we want, which is we want to disrupt the system. We want these folks that are in power to, to not have access or for it to not be so easy uh, for them to kind of, you know, wash, rinse, repeat with our money uh, through the political system. But it is also ironic, like you said, I mean, there's plenty of things they could hit him on because it's almost like the boogeyman that they want him or that they claim that he is, uh, is who we'd love him to be. Um, but it's just, I think that he represents a completely different type of enemy that they're not used to, right? I mean, that's the thing I, I, always, I always say when you're looking at these other candidates for president, it's like, Look, you can think what you want, but like, you know, he's a disruptor. And when somebody is going to get in the way of the political class and the elites in this country getting access to all of their welfare, we'll call it what it is. It is welfare, right? For these folks that just wash their money through the government. I think he represents, you know, something that, that they're not used to, which is somebody that won't get in line. And that's a threat. Um, and so it is interesting. I, I've, I've always respected your takes, Austin, because very few people get that. You know, you don't have to be obsessed with Trump, but you do have to understand as a libertarian that he represents something that is so vastly different in terms of one of the major parties when it comes to going after, even if it's just in rhetoric, going after some of this colossal government that just, you know, it seems there's there's no stopping it. And finally, you have somebody who's a threat to the system. So, of course, they're going to react that way. Um, Cliff. I'm looking at the polls and you know you know how I feel about polls. I think that a lot of them are flawed. Some most of them are commissioned in order to tell us what to think rather than what people think. Uh, but when I look at Donald Trump's lead in Iowa, I feel as if that's undeniable. But there are still some people in the Republican primary that are denying it. Listen, I like Vivek Ramaswamy. I I think he's the closest to our principles. I'm probably going to caucus for him here in the state of Missouri, regardless of whether he's dropped out or not. That's just, you know, I'm going to go according to the guy who's closest to my principles. I'll vote for Trump if he wins. I'd vote for DeSantis as he, as he, if he wins. I'd have a really hard time voting for Nikki Haley, but maybe we should save that discussion for a, a minute later here. But why do you think Trump is dominating so much, even in a conservative state like Iowa, where Rick Santorum won, Ted Cruz won, why is Donald Trump dominating in Iowa right now? Well, I always say that these presidential primaries, you know, like any big race, there's two different races, right? Obviously, there's when they count the votes. But you have this process, and it's typically, I would say, about 60 days out from an election through Election Day. Now, obviously, in some states, you've got early voting and different things happening now. But typically, 60 days out, people start making a decision. Not who they're going to vote for, but they're making a decision about who can win, right? And we've seen this before. This is why third-party candidates, you know, when it comes down to it, they eventually start to lose support. And the reason is because there's that first race, that first campaign before people vote, 
where they decide who can win. And then on election day, from those that they've decided can win, they cast their vote for one of those. And I think a lot of people disagree on this, but it's like the math backs me up. This is why people break away from any, like even RFK, where he's polling right now, I guarantee you, by the time we get to election day, you know, some of these third party candidates, the support will slip because people want to vote for somebody that can win. It's just human nature. So I think you're seeing that with Trump right now, right? You're seeing, I think it's starting to break where you even see, you know, people that we do like, like Vivek, you see DeSantis dropping, you see Haley kind of lingering now. And obviously everybody's trying to pump her up as best they can in terms of the legacy media. But I just think that we're seeing that primary start to take place that, hey, before the actual election, voters have to decide not who they're going to support, but who has the chance to win. And I think right now, a lot of people are just breaking to the idea that only Donald Trump has the chance to win. And if that's the case, polls are going to start showing him closing the gap. And I do. I think Trump walks away with it. I think these campaigns, I've been on the ground in Iowa. I've been on the ground in New Hampshire. You see what happens is you have to be confident, right? So you see all these campaigns, you know, we're going to win. We're going to surge. We're going to do this. And everything right now is, is anybody within 30 points of Donald Trump? And so what you'll see is, and this will be interesting, on primary day in Iowa, excuse me, the caucus day in Iowa, watch the spin from all the candidates, right? And it's going to be amazing to me if somebody's press release actually says, see, we only lost by 20. You know, we're in this race because that'll be the first time in history that people are bragging about a 20-point loss. (laughs) Uh, We're grateful and glad to have Cliff Maloney here on the show this morning. He's cracking us up. Yes, they will do that. We are definitely going to see things like that. If you're just tuning into the show this morning, do us a favor, click the like. Thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us on the front page this morning. We're grateful to have you here. We love free speech, and we're so grateful that Rumble really appreciates what we're doing here. Uh, Help us to support free speech by clicking subscribe and coming back and joining us here on the show every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. You get great interviews like the one we're doing right now, and of course, great clips like the one you may have just seen of me playing people with Trump derangement syndrome. Speaking of Trump derangement syndrome, Cliff, Nikki Haley, she's the Trump derangement syndrome candidate at this point. Now, you got DeSantis people, and listen, they remind me of Ted Cruz people, right? They're they're true conservatives, right? Some of them maybe have a little bit of Trump derangement syndrome to a a minor effect, but I think many of them are probably going to vote for Trump in the general election. I don't think I could say that with Nikki Haley supporters. I think that they're kind of more of that old neocon Bill Crystal, go vote for Joe Biden, like Mitt Romney has said a couple of weeks ago. They're not like us, the Haley people. It's like I posted a meme last night that showed like three knights putting their swords on the table. And it was it was Trump supporters, DeSantis supporters, and Vivek Ramaswamy supporters all agreeing on one thing. Nikki Haley sucks. <laughs> But we're not the same, right? Like, like we're we're different, right? One of these kids is doing their own thing. Am I right? Yeah. Well, you can you can add a wake up America sword to the pile. <laughs> um, I think most of viewers on this show would agree. Uh, Nikki Haley is the absolute worst. Um, she's bottom of the barrel. She is the type of person that is the reason I feel like a lot of us got in politics. Right? It is that neocon moment. It is that Giuliani interaction with Ron Paul, where you're like. Haven't we learned from some of these moments where it's like, no, we don't need troops in every country. We don't need to be bombing people all the time 
in every single place in every corner of the world. Um, and I, I don't think it's even just a political thing. I think just based on morals and based on, you know, people having access to the internet these days, like the world has changed. And this, this worldview of Bush era warmongering Clinton neoconville is just, it's just almost sad to see it rearing its head. And I think Nikki Haley has said to herself, that's my lane, right? It is the Bill Crystal lane. It is the lane of these people that are trying to figure out how they can come back and, and make the military industrial complex, you know, this, this thing that, that does no wrong. And it's sad because it's at a time where you do have some conflicts around the world. So there should be real debate. There should be real discussion. No, I don't think that we should be sending our young men and women to die in this whole Ukraine and Russia battle. No, I don't think we should be involved in Israel versus this whole Hamas terrorist organization. Of course not. But it's a shame because the conversation really can't happen because when you open the door to these neocons, I mean, my gosh, you know, they think we're in 120 countries. They're like, those are rookie numbers. We ought to pump those up. I'm like, guys, we're running out of countries, right? At a certain point, we've already ran out of money, but at a certain point, we're not going to have anywhere else to go. So I cannot stand Nikki Haley. I loathe Nikki Haley. I have Haley derangement syndrome. Whatever you want to say, I am absolutely not going to lift a finger to help her. And I will say that, you know, people say, oh, Cliff, you've become very, very Republican these days. What happened to your liberty? If Nikki Haley is the Republican nominee, I will do nothing, nothing to help her at the top of the ticket. Mm. Yeah, that's Cliff Maloney, ladies and gents. Give, hit that applause button there, AP. There it is. Let's give it up for Cliff Maloney here. Former Ron Paul, Rand Paul staffer. Um, yeah, I, I don't see there being any danger of something like that happening at this point, Cliff, thankfully. But just a little bit of insider baseball stuff from our Liberty Wing of the Republican Party. Are you as amazed as I am that this issue, which so divided the Republican Party back during the Ron Paul days, when you and I were just kind of young whippersnappers, kind of cutting our teeth in politics in the early days, the Republican Party was so against us on foreign policy, so pro-war, so pro-interventionist, pro so pro-police the world. Ron Paul was a lone voice up there on the debates arguing for a less interventionist foreign policy. And now the script is flipped and we've got Nikki Haley. If, if anything, it, this has got to be the case for optimism. This has got to be the white pill. I see so many libertarians who are so black-pilled, who, who are constant doom and gloom. But in, in some of the most important issues of our times, our ideas are winning, are they not? You're 100% correct. Ron Paul was right. Ron Paul won. We won. The neocons lost. I mean, that's what gets me excited is when you look at some of these things, you know, forget party loyalty, right? Loyalty to principle. So we always say, and I think if you look at some of these major issues right now, of course we've won, right? Thomas Massey looks like a genius when it comes to standing up uh, for the COVID stimulus, you know, bailout. A, a genius. And that's not just from people that are kind of with us in the Austrian School of Economics. That's literally from Trump, who now calls it a mistake. The guy that sent the checks, right? I mean, on every issue that I would call significant, COVID, I mean, the, the base of the Republican Party is 100% with us. You know, we were talking about vaccine kind of safety a couple of years ago or a couple of decades ago. Now it's like everybody's talking about maybe we shouldn't trust some of these pharmaceutical companies, right? Those conversations, I agree, Austin, the Republican Party base, the blue collar working class, I think we've got a gift from the left, which is a lot of just normal 
we'll call them normies, people yes. that weren't really political. I think they've woken up. And, and I think a lot of them have found a home in the Republican Party. But that's good for us, not because they're with the Republican Party. It's good that they've woke up. And on every key issue, we have won. But that's what scares the hell out of me about Nikki Haley is when she comes back into the fray, you know, at least they're showing up to the game. You can't have a seat at the table if you don't show up to dinner. Right. Nikki Haley's here. And if this whole thing becomes, hey, Trump has to get out for some reason, I am worried. But right now, you're telling me that 85 to 90 percent of the support in a Republican primary are people who are saying we should not send our kids overseas for any more wars. I'm pretty excited about that. That's a huge W for our movement. You know, that's funny. I think sometimes it feels like maybe we're a little bit allergic to victory, Cliff, because when we saw Javier Malay in Argentina, I noticed that some of his most prominent critics are coming from like our side of the aisle. Like I see that people who are criticizing him the most and the ones who are like the quickest to jump on the mainstream media propaganda against Javier Malay saying, oh, he's going to be in the climate accords. I told you he's not one of us. Right. He's he's pro-Israel. He's definitely not one of us. And I'm like, if an Austrian economist whose dogs are named Milton and and Murray and and who who abolishes nine government agencies on his first day, if he's not one of us, then I'm not one of us. Cliff, can you identify? Yeah, I always say this. I mean, if, if you aren't getting shouted at, if you aren't being, you know, called a sellout or called some sort of, you know, fake libertarian, then you're probably not over the target. Right. I think Emile is a great example. Um, in, in my lifetime, he's probably my favorite elected official. Uh, I, that's a lot to say. Right. I mean, I'd, I'd put him up there with Ron Paul and, and some of these folks that we really trust and respect. Um, and we'll see how he does. I mean, try try going in and dismantling a federal bureaucracy. Uh, Trump struggled with it. I think he would admit that. Right. I mean, trying to go in and, and, and pick apart some of these things that have been built. I mean, even he said, you know, when he talked about doing some of these dramatic things, Mila, he said, it's going to take time. Um, but for him to shut down, you know, double digits on the first day in terms of uh, departments, that to me is like, all right, this guy's at least on the right path. And yes, we are allergic to victory. It is, it is a major uh, a problem. I wouldn't even call it a problem. I just would warn your, your, your viewers, look, if you're getting involved in this movement and you're trying to have some battles, there will be big losses. There will be big wins. Enjoy the wins, right? And the incremental change, you know, celebrate it when it makes sense, right? Just make sure you're headed in the right direction. But there's nothing worse than the Monday morning quarterbacking from these just losers who do nothing. They try nothing. They think, oh, you know, money's evil. This is, and we're getting the shit kicked out of us, right? Build a plan, execute the plan, and then review your notes and see how you can improve it. But yes, Austin, celebrate the wins and stop getting in the way of real, actual change. Exactly, right? The question isn't who will let me, it's who will stop me. I guess that that leads to one last question for you, Cliff, before we let you go, and then I want to ha- give you a chance to plug what you're working on these days. But Javier Malay showed it can be done. Now, Argentina is not the same as the United States, right? It's, com- it's a completely different country, completely different uh, problems, uh, and completely different cultures. It's just, it's a totally different scenario. But people have have said, if Javier Malay can do it on day one, why can't why can't Trump do it on day one? He had the chance to abolish the deep state, and he didn't do it. Do you think Trump can? Do you think if he can that he would do be like a Javier Malay on day one? He said he would. Right? People are saying, oh, he's going to be a dictator, and he's talking about day one, day one, day one. If we reelect him next year, 
can he be like Javier Malay and do what Javier Malay did? And maybe a better question is, would he? Here's the difference between the U.S. and Argentina. Okay, we're not there. We are not there with public polling, right? Things have to get to a point where it's so bad. And I, I hate the root for that. I'm not saying I want it to be there, but people are still focused on their mortgage. They're still focused on putting food on the table. They're taking their kids to soccer practice. Until the Federal Reserve completely destroys our currency, which is on the path to doing so, that's really when things are going to get so bad that somebody could have the appetite of a Malay or, or you could have people or elected officials step up and really pull it off because public pressure is why people act, right? Trump wants to be loved, okay? That's the one reason why I think he was actually good on war is because he realized, like, I don't want these troops to die. I want people to love me. And that was more important to him than the checks from the military and defense contractors, right? So I do think public opinion pushes policy. I think how people believe or what they're animated about is what ends up happening in the political process. So, yes, could somebody like an Austin Peterson or a Judge Napolitano get elected and do some radical libertarian reforms? Absolutely. I think it's very much doable. I think there has to be push, though, from the type of person who could get elected. No offense. It's difficult for for folks like us, uh, ideologues, to step up and win. But for somebody that's in the political class or at least wins uh, through a a national election, I think it's going to have to get worse here like it was or like it is in Argentina for people to say enough's enough. This central bank is killing us. We don't have any more money. We need a radical change. Right now, Americans don't want a radical change. They elected Joe Biden. If anything says we want milk toast, no change, we want to just we want to ease off the gas a little bit. We're putting it on cruise control. It's electing somebody like Joe Biden. So do I want things to get worse? No. But do I want more people to wake up and to say, hey, it's time for radical change in America? Absolutely. Bless you, Cliff Maloney. I, uh, speaking of Judge Napolitano, he's coming up here in about eight minutes. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to share with us what you're working on or any projects you'd like to plug before we let you go and hear from the good judge. Yeah, sure. CliffMaloney.com slash Chase. Uh, we've got a huge program in Pennsylvania. We're endorsing Liberty candidates across Pennsylvania, uh, and we're going to be chasing ballots because the national and the state GOP are epic failures. Uh, I hope I'm not being too blunt about that. They are horrific. Uh, losses and their losers running the party. So cliffmaloney.com slash chase. Uh, we're going to do the job that they're not doing, but only to help Liberty candidates. Would appreciate y'all checking that out and spreading the word. Very few people have the spirit of 70, 1776. Cliff Maloney wears it on his hat. Cliff, thank you for your time today. We always appreciate your contributions to the show. Y'all be good. See you guys. Thank you very much. What do you guys think of Cliff Maloney? He's one of the best. You can send us a text on the show at any time, night or day, 573-319-1586 is the text line. Again, the text lines are always open, and you can communicate with me directly anytime, night or day, 573-319-1586 is that text line if you'd like to let us know what's on your mind or send me a potential guest you think I should interview. Uh, I do want to say thank you again to Rumble.com for featuring us on the front page. The numbers are just climbing like crazy. And I'm grateful for that. For many of you, the hundreds of you who are watching us here right now, it's probably the first time that you've ever heard or seen of me or didn't even know that the Wake Up America show existed. So welcome. And I hope that we can earn your like on the stream today, as well as a subscribe, because 
we'd love to have you come back and join us here for our daily talk show. It's five days a week, every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. We stream the show live. We got some of the best guests, best content, uh, and of course, the best host. That's me, Austin Peterson. We'd love to have you come back and join us, make friends, drop a note in the Rumble chat and say hello, because we love to make friends and introduce yourself and uh, get to know each other a little bit better here today. Thank you again to Rumble.com for supporting our free speech. If you believe in economic freedom and personal liberty, you're in the right place. That's what we stand for here on the Wake Up America show. We fight for freedom five days a week, and then we spend the weekends getting ready for freedom fighting for Monday through Friday. This is a project, the Wake Up America show, of me and my lovely wife, Stephanie Peterson, who supports me um, behind the scenes. And then on Fridays, she comes on the show and joins me here as well. This is our passion project to try and support the ideas of freedom. We take the money that we earn from this show, and we use it to support our family, and we also use it to support Liberty Candidates. Uh, like uh, Kathy Loy here in Missouri. I was also a big supporter of Jamie Marie Pope. We do a lot of like state-based candidates. Uh, and there's a candidate I'm eyeing in Kentucky as well that I'm looking at supporting as well. We also are in the middle of producing one of our first documentaries about the Battle of Athens in Tennessee. So I'd love to earn your financial support as well. You can buy merchandise from ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. Or if you've been thinking about up on gold or silver for the holidays. The Wake Up America show is sponsored to in part by Lear Capital. And our friends over at Lear Capital have some of the best deals on gold and silver you'll find in the business. I believe in gold and silver and I believe in Lear Capital because I share them with my family and my friends whenever they want to buy gold or silver. Because a lot of people will ask me for my advice because I've been in politics and news for a number of years. I usually have my finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world. And we all hope that Donald Trump wins next year. I think he would win if the election were held today. But if Joe Biden wins again next year, I predict more disaster for the American economy, which is why now's probably a great time to think about stashing away a few gold bars, maybe some gold coins. If you've been thinking about investing in gold or silver, you can do so. Call that number on the screen, 1-800-885-2175. We do the gold and silver dance, 1-800-885-2175. Give them a call today. You get a $500 account credit on your first purchase. Or you can visit LearAustin.com. I know many of you are really, you know, not fans of talking on the phone. So they'll they'll send you a free gold and silver information packet in the mail if you visit LearAustin.com. That's L-E-A-R-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. L-E-A-R-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. LearAustin.com. All right. Uh, have we all done the gold and silver dance? Okay. There we go. All right, it's time for us to go talk to Judge Andrew Napolitano. Uh, the Missouri Attorney General is is investigating media matters for potentially committing fraud in trying to prevent Elon Musk from being able to advertise, have advertisers on X. It's a little complicated, a little convoluted, but it deals with free speech, your free speech. So stick around. We're going to have that conversation with the judge when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and grateful to have you here. Merry Christmas. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel if you've been enjoying the content that you've been hearing so far this morning. If you're a believer in economic freedom and personal liberty, you're in the right place. That's what we stand for here. That's why they call me AP for Liberty here on the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to click that like and subscribe. And then if you'd like to have your voice heard, or if you have perhaps a question for my next guest, send us a text at 
1586. Of all the people in the world that are out there at the forefront defending our liberty, not just American liberty, but liberty all around the world, of the people who articulate the need for individual rights, for limited government, for sound money, there are very few people that I would say are the greatest, the best, and the brightest. Well, we are so lucky to have one of those peoples, one of my greatest heroes on the show. Not only that, he's a regular guest. He joins us here every Wednesday on the show. He's also got his own killer show, Judging Freedom, which you can download on any of your mobile devices. And his weekly column at judgenap.com is absolute must reading. Joining us now live is that man, one of the leading lights for liberty in the world, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Good morning, Judge. Uh, good morning, Lewis, and thank you for your generous, generous introduction. But the audience knows that we are really uh, BFFs, best friends. Did I say it right? Best friends for life. Yes. <laughs> Every once in a while, I startle you with uh, some Generation X or Generation Z statement. <laughs> See, Judge, you got Riz. That's what it is. <laughs> now that I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, so, so very sh Riz is short for charisma. So if you've got the Riz, got that it. means you got the charisma. Uh, ju <laughs> judge, thanks for joining us here today. We've got an, a situation here in the state of Missouri. I've been so far fairly pleased with Missouri's Attorney General Andrew Bailey and his conduct in defending our free speech rights, especially in the case that he brought when it came to the government telling Twitter to censor people like you and I online. I think that that's absolutely necessary. But I'm a little, I have to admit, I'm a little confused by his push now for this investigation into the leftist news outlet called Media Matters, which you and I know, they've written hit pieces on you, they've written hit pieces on me, they're a disgusting trash organization. Nevertheless, they have free speech. The attorney general seems to be accusing them of fraud in going after Elon Musk and, and, and his advertisers and trying to help him lose money. Do you think that this might develop into a case that would have merit? Is free speech, uh, you know, does it trump any accusations of fraud? Force and fraud are even under the NAP. So I wonder what your thoughts are on this. Can you help us? unravel this sweater, if you will? Well, I will do my best. Um, we'll, we'll start with basics. The NAP is not just the first syllable of my last name. <laughs> 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 it's the non-aggression principle, uh, which teaches uh, that all initiated uh, aggression is illicit. Now, aggression doesn't necessarily have to mean fisticuffs or guns. It can be words because you can engage in an act of, uh, of deception and fraud using words, a material misrepresentation made in order to induce reliance on which someone relied to their detriment, and that is a form of aggression. However, when we are talking about speech, it is none of the government's business what I say to you and what you say to me and whether your words harm me or my words harm you. It is far more dangerous for the government to inject itself into that scenario. It is absurd for the government to do so in this scenario, where one of the parties is richer than the government and is already bringing litigation against the people uh, that he claims harmed him, Elon uh, Musk. He has every right to sue them and say, 
uh, you are interfering with my business relationships. That is tortious activity, and you're going to pay for it. And if you can prove it to a jury, uh, that's what the judicial system in part exists for. But for the government to choose sides because it likes the words of one side and doesn't like the words of the other side brings us to that dangerous area where the government is evaluating speech or evaluating silence or evaluating indifference and deciding to take sides. That is not the role of government and the whole purpose of the First Amendment, which regulates the attorney general of of, um, Missouri. Even though it says Congress shall make no law, today it means no government, federal, state, or local, shall make any law or engage in any practice that infringes upon the freedom of speech. Uh, I don't think he should be bringing this litigation. And if I were uh, the judge in the case, I would throw throw the state of Missouri out of the case. So what this hinges on, Judge, is the question of fraud and whether or not someone may engage in deceptive practices in order to harm someone else's business. Writ large, that is not allowed under our purview or our understanding of the law as it, you know, that would not conflict with our principles, correct? Correct. Correct. I mean, that's the moral equivalent of someone punching you in the nose and breaking your nose and you suing them for pain and suffering or any permanent injury to your nose. It's, it's, it's virtually the same thing, except this is just cash. It doesn't involve, uh, flesh, uh, and blood. The the only libertarians who would object to that uh, are the anarchists who don't believe that the government should even exist. And therefore it shouldn't provide the forum for the resolution of that. But the minarchists among us who believe that there are some good things that can be done when everybody consents to the government would agree that providing a forum for the fair and just resolution of disputes and enforcing those resolutions is a legitimate function of government. One of our listeners asked why you would throw that case out. Is it because you don't believe that Media Matters has engaged in fraud or that the fraud does not outweigh their right to engage in this type of behavior. Because it's not a governmental function to uh, police the marketplace of ideas. It's also not a governmental function to put its finger on the scale uh, when two uh, private entities are in a, in a dispute uh, with each other. And it's not a governmental function to get involved in somebody else's speech. So those are the three reasons that I would have thrown the case out. Interesting. Good. To I, know. I assume it's a live case. I assume that, that he actually has brought this litigation, or is he just? It's an investigation. About it? It's an investigation at this point, right? Uh, but uh, I, I would imagine this would probably, you know, be, a lot of these attorney generals, especially the Republican attorney generals, judge they they love these cases because even if they get thrown out, it still makes them look good, right? A right. lot of the, a lot of these cases are what we call performative, if you will. Correct. Um, they all want it. They all want us. And I don't know this fellow. The only thing I like about him is his first name. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. They all want to be a U.S. senator like your friend, Senator Hawley, or they all want to be the governor. There's nothing wrong with with a healthy uh, ambition. They also all want to bring in some free cash to the state because that helps them get uh, reelected. Uh, all of it is wrong, in my view. 
when the government insinuates itself uh, into a private dispute. And it is always wrong when the government tries to put its finger on the scales of speech. I wrote my column this week about the government of the Congress ripping into presidents of Ivy League uh, universities. It's none of the government's business what they say or what they don't say on their uh, college campuses. But here we go again. Government getting involved in speech. People like you and I need to call this out whenever it happens so that people realize that the whole purpose of the First Amendment is to keep, what is his name, Andrew Bailey? Yes. Keep Andrew Bailey, the attorney general, nothing against him personally, uh, the attorney general of Missouri and every uh, other state out of the business of speech and to keep Congress out of the business of speech. You don't haul somebody before Congress and say, why didn't you speak up about this? Why did you remain silent? Why were you uh, indifferent? You don't get involved in litigation saying, why did you say this about your adversary? None of the government's business outside the legitimate function of government when we have a First Amendment. I love it. He says it so stridently. That's Judge Andrew Napolitano. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, I'm Austin Peterson. We have a lot of fun here. We call this Big Brain Time every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Central Time when the judge joins us live. And we talk about not only the big news of the day, but we also get into the nitty gritty of the philosophy behind our views uh, and how they apply to public policy. On the world stage, Judge, there is one libertarian now who is making waves, becoming the very first ever, uh, I believe, elected president of a country uh, as an open libertarian. Not only is he calling himself a libertarian, but he's an Austrian economist, Javier Malay of Argentina. We've talked about him a couple of times, but in his first day of office, Judge, maybe he proved that it is possible that on day one, a libertarian president can eliminate government agencies immediately. Now, the United States is not the same as Argentina. The economies aren't the same. The cultures aren't the same. The problems that they face aren't the same. But if Donald Trump were reelected next year, many of his critics say he doesn't have the, the guts to do what Javier Malay did on day one. They don't think he'll, quote unquote, drain the swamp. First of all, is it? do you think it's possible here in the United States to do for a president to do what Javier Malay has done in, a, in eliminating government agencies? Right, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with what he's done. I, the, the only thing I know is a great piece by uh, Gary Barnett at LouRockwell.com, which is harshly critical, critical uh, of Javier Malay for appointing the former head of the central bank to run the new one. This is the one that he says he's going to put out of business. Uh, and for his willingness to tax the people of Argentina and give that money to Vladimir Zelensky and Benjamin Netanyahu, two uh, reprehensible uh, thoughts. Uh, in terms of what he's done with the economy, I don't know. Now, to your question about what Donald Trump could do, there is little that he alone can do to drain the swamp. He can appoint people. He could appoint a civil libertarian as the head of the FBI. Then that person would be able to dial back things like domestic spying, uh, algorithms attempting to prove who's or to predict who's going to commit a crime. He could the head of the new head of the FBI could rein it in. But in terms of putting it or the CIA out of business, 
theoretically, that would require an act of Congress uh, to do that. He could um, submit budgets which curtailed them significantly and forced them to lay people off or prevented them from doing things. The CIA works directly for him so he can stop all the fighting wars and killing and, and reduce it just to what it was created for, which is to spy on dangerous uh, adversaries. So those are the things that he can do. Can he put the FDA or the EPA out of business? No. He could appoint a head of the FDA and the head of an EPA who would dial it back a little bit because the heads of agencies shouldn't have this, but they have a lot of discretion because that's the way Congress uh, created the, uh, the agencies. Um, look, he had a chance to do this with the Fed, and he didn't. Uh, he appointed uh, Jay Powell, who lived across the hall from me when I was a senior and he was a, a freshman uh, at Princeton. He's ruined the economy uh, with uh, with interest rates. Trump could have could have uh, you know appointed an Austrian economist uh, to run the uh, Fed, but he didn't. But he did take your advice and appoint a libertarian to the Supreme Court. So we don't always get everything that we want, but we can get some things that we want. I guess, and just FYI, Judge, uh, Javier Malay eliminated nine government agencies on day one, Ministry of Tourism. Well, that's great. Yeah. I don't even Um, need to know what they are to know that they ought to have been eliminated. And you are correct. Trump did take my advice uh, and appoint uh, Neil Gorsuch, uh, who never fails to please and very, very rarely uh, disappoints. For sure, Judge. And of course, you never disappoint. We're glad to have you as our regular guest here on Wednesday mornings. Thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us up on the front page today. It's nice to see so many hundreds of people who are joining us live here today. And you've got a very special treat, Judge Napolitano, joining us live here on the stream. If you like the content that you're hearing right now, every Wednesday, the judge joins us here at this time. So set an appointment on your digital calendar to say, hey, big brain time with Judge at 8 a.m. Central on Wednesdays. Don't want to miss that. It's definitely Destination Listening, as well as his podcast, which I highly recommend that you download. It's called Judging Freedom, and you can download it on any of your mobile devices. Uh, And, of course, his weekly column, JudgeNap.com, is absolutely required reading. Judge, what's your column about this week? Well, my column uh, this week is about the, the, the right to free speech and the right to free silence. Uh, I am harshly critical of the Congress for calling college presidents in and demanding explanations for the political activity or the lack uh, of political activity uh, on their uh, college campuses. It's none of the government's business what words college presidents articulate, what positions they take, uh, what ideologies they support, what what political movements on their campus they're uh, indifferent to. Ideally, on every college campus in America, I'm not talking about West Point now, I'm talking about private institutions or non-federal institutions, um, every political point of view uh, can be uh, articulated, and it is the duty of college presidents to make sure that they are done so in a safe and fair and free and open atmosphere. But if they remain silent when they hear a position that they like, that's none of the government's business. So for a member of Congress to say to the president of the University of Pennsylvania, why didn't you speak out against this? The answer is, hey, the First Amendment gives me the right to remain silent. And it keeps you, Madam Congresswoman, 
out of the business of speech. But uh, they don't. They try and give answers, and they end up losing their jobs. Fascinating. Uh, you would think that they would not even be necessarily required to appear, but is, is it that they are publicly funded that they are? No, it's because they were subpoenaed that they are. They are, let's take Harvard. I don't know the numbers for Penn. Harvard, which is richer than the Vatican, uh, has <clears throat> t- receives about $100 million a year from the federal government. That's not a check for $100 million. That's uh, research grants, uh, loan guarantees, scholarships. It comes in various different forms. But in return for receiving that much money, it agrees generally to abide by the civil rights laws. And the civil rights laws prohibit discrimination uh, based on, on viewpoint. So Harvard theoretically cannot stop Palestinians from saying we hate the Jews, and it cannot stop Jewish students from uh, saying uh, from the ocean to the sea, Israel shall be. Whatever, whatever you want to say, uh, I'm, I'm just mouthing these things as examples of the type of phrases that uh, are uttered on college campuses today. The, the Congress was upset because Jewish students complained that they felt threatened. And in the opinion of members of Congress, the college administrations didn't do enough to alleviate that threat. Get a life. If it's West Point and the government owns it and the general works for the government, you can ask him whatever you want. He's your employee. But these are private institutions. Go home. Stop legislating. Stop raising taxes. Stop putting your finger uh, on the scale uh, of justice. Stop insinuating yourself into the middle of the, free, of the freedom of speech. The whole purpose of the First Amendment is to keep the government out of the business of speech and to protect the right to remain silent. I wish one of those presidents had said, I'm not answering. I'm not answering. I'm not answering. Want to hold me in contempt? I'll take my chance with a jury. <laughs> Read Judge Knapp's column every week on Thursdays at JudgeKnapp.com. And of course, his excellent show. He loves to sneak preview for here for us as well. Who do you have on your awesome show coming up, Judge? Well, yesterday I had Colonel Doug McGregor and Scott Ritter, both of whom said the way uh, Netanyahu is slaughtering uh, Palestinians, this has become a war of Jewish domination. 18,000. Palestinian civilians dead, fewer than 100 Hamas uh, killers, Hamas uh, warriors, whatever they call themselves, uh, killed. They are both uh, saying if this keeps up unabated, it will be a regional war. And when Israel feels threatened, guess who it'll call on? And guess what Joe Biden will do? And then you'll see troops on the ground. Remember, there are 2,000 Marines a mile offshore on an aircraft carrier itching to do something. Today, we're looking at the intelligence aspects of that. Yesterday was the military aspects. So we have Tony Schaefer, ex-Army um, Intelligence, and Phil Giraldi, uh, ex-CIA, to give us an analysis of the interaction between the CIA, the Mossad, Netanyahu, and, uh, and Biden. You know, it's a new world for me, Austin. I've, I've become, fortunately, one of the go-to places uh, for the counter-narrative, counter to what the government wants you to know. And I've been very fortunate to have wonderful, courageous ex-military and ex-CIA come on every day uh, and give a different, uh, I believe, more truthful, I believe absolutely truthful version of events, uh, a version of events the government doesn't want you to hear. 
Man, if the government doesn't want you to hear it, I want to know it. Judge, uh, one last thing for you. It is the Christmas season. If there is one person that uh, as well who the government did not want the their word to be heard, that was the message of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, which is why the government of Rome executed him and many of his people saw him as um saw him as a, an outcast rather than a proper martyr the words of jesus christ were to love one another to uh to be humble and to seek him uh, as the path to salvation i know that you are very proudly catholic of the pre-vatican II tradition and i wonder if you might share with our listeners just a little bit from your heart about what the christmas season means to you well, Christmas is a time to remember uh, that Jesus Christ lives, that he, he was crucified, died, buried, and rose from the dead, loves us, and draws all of us to him uh, and his message of peace, peace mercy, and, and humility, if accepted, would bring peace uh, into the world. Uh, I am going to write a piece about P-I-E-C-E, about uh, Christmas for the week of Christmas, but that's sort of a thumbnail sketch uh, of what's uh, in my brain. I am sorry we have over-commercialized and under-emphasized the spirituality uh, of Christmas. The Santa Claus tradition is a fun thing for children, but the over-commercialization uh, really um, uh, diminishes uh, the spiritual message. The spiritual message is that God became man in order to save us from our abuse of our free will. Jesus Christ, certainly a man to admire uh, and judge. A man, you are a man that I admire as well. Merry Christmas to you, of course. We will have you back on here next week before we take off the, the week of Christmas. So thank you very much for your time here today, being so generous. And of course, thank you for all the work you do for Liberty. All right. I'm sorry I got a little carried away on the First Amendment, but God bless you and your audience, Austin. Thank you for hearing me out. No such thing as carried away on freedom, Judge. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Okay. What did you all think of Judge Andrew Napolitano? Send us a text at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586 is the text line. Thank you very much to all the people who are viewing the show this morning. Rumble.com has certainly helped our small business to grow. Do us a favor, would you click that like button and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy the content that you're hearing today. I'm Austin Peterson. My wife, Stephanie, and I, we both run this show together. We also run a small merchandise shop and a small business trying to grow these ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty. And you can help us out for free today just by clicking like and subscribe and coming back and joining us here every Monday through Friday on the show. Drop a comment, say hello, make some friends. We're a pretty tight-knit crew over in the comment section. And I like to think of us as kind of, if you know anything about libertarians or the liberty movement, I like to think of us as kind of the, the white pill of the liberty movement, meaning we're this sort of happy, optimistic, upbeat, positive part of the liberty movement. So if that sounds like you and a crew that you want to hang out with, then make sure that you come back and join us. And you won't forget who we are if you click that subscribe button so you can find us again tomorrow morning. If you'd like to help support the Wake Up America show financially, you can contribute by being a monthly supporter, or you can purchase some delicious coffee from our APforLibertyShop.com website. Here's the thing. Not only do we have our own delicious Founding Flavors coffee brands that you can get exclusive, exclusively at our shop, including our Martha's Mint, uh, which is going away at Christmas time. I'm drinking it this morning. It's absolutely delicious. We've got some great Don't Tread on Me shirts, machine gun keychains. 
a bunch of exclusive libertarian designs and shirts and sweaters that we've designed and exist only at apforlibertyshop.com. A lot of funny stuff. Um, I 3D print Donald Trump Buddhas, so you can get those exclusively. I designed those myself at apforlibertyshop.com. Check those out. I'm going to go to a brief commercial break. What does cashew chicken have to do with Holocaust denial? It sounds like a ridiculous question, but you're going to find out what cashew chicken has to do with Holocaust deniers when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com in Jefferson City, Missouri. You know, you hear me say this name quite often on the show, the Missouri Times building, Scott Fawn. Yeah, this name, one of our biggest benefactors and supporters of the Wake Up America show who helps us to stream live to you every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. Well, now you get to meet the man behind the scenes who helps to make it all happen. He's joining us live in studio right now. Scott Fawn, say hello. Hey, Scott, how you doing, bud? Good, good morning. Merry Christmas. Glad to be here. Merry Christmas. I just wanted folks to know I came prepared with my AP for Liberty shop, uh, Beerstein. <laughs> Less government, more beer. I got this back in Oktoberfest season. I love it. Thank you very much. It's a... Uh, I love the creativity and the instantaneous <laughs> part of the shop. I love, it's great. Thank you. You can get those exclusively at apforlibertyshop.com. We appreciate that. So cashew chicken, um, not the kind of thing that I think of when I think of, you know, old Uncle Adolf Hitler. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, a woman here in the state of Missouri, she's a state representative named Sarah Unsicker, got into an argument about cashew chicken the other day and one thing led to another and she's posting photographs of her with holocaust deniers what is this story well i know you have a very national international audience but cashew chicken if you've ever been to a, a, a chinese food store uh actually it was invented in springfield missouri springfield missouri has more chinese restaurants per capita than anywhere in the country it's also the home of bob barker and brad pitt uh <laughs> there was a, a a legislator from down around springfield that thought you know we'll um we will uh, make this the official dish of Missouri. And of course, the, the, just like the right wing on Twitter is a bunch of goofs, the <laughs> left wing's the same thing. They're just morons staring at each other. So the left wing goofs are ticked off about this. And so the left wing goofs go on and say, well, you're wasting time and things. And, and it, the truth is, it, this is the funniest part about, about it, the extremist. If you're a left wing goof, you want the legislature naming a state dish, because I promise you, if they're not naming a state dish, they're going to be doing something you hate a lot more. But anyhow, they threw a fit. So she wanted to show how silly Twitter was and left-wing Twitter in St. Louis. So she took a picture with two folks that, honestly, I'd never heard of these two gentlemen before. Um, I, I, It's interesting. Like the, the, the mainstream media will try to brand you controversial, a.k.a. they don't agree with you. Now, this Eric Garland, there's two guys, one Eric Garland, one of Charles Johnson, I believe, uh, Eric Garland, I I'm not sure what's controversial about him. Uh, he's He says he's an informant for the FBI. Well, if you're in the news business, you know, it, the, the fact is, number one, I've never found FBI informants are going to tell you they're FBI informants. But, okay, fine. Uh, you, you can't confirm it. It's like the FBI doing an investigation. They never confirm or deny they're doing an investigation. It's just you can you can find it. Sometimes FBI folks will tip you off to stuff. But just in reality, uh, they never confirm on the record. So maybe these guys are FBI informants. I have no idea. Maybe they're not. Uh, this representative is um, she's uh, she's a little socially awkward. You can go to Missouri Times website, uh, Missouri or Missouri Times on social media, and see. I did an interview with her. Uh, she took a picture with these two. She's a Democrat. Uh, I would say I don't want to say left wing, but you know she's um, she's highly intelligent, 
And back home, we'd say, maybe she's a dadgum smart. She loses a little sense on the way for all that knowledge. Well, she takes it seriously. She shows up in committee. She, she is a very conscious, the kind of person you want, right? If you're going to have somebody you disagree with politically, you'd like for them to do their homework and actually take it seriously. And she does that. And so she, uh, but she's running for uh, attorney general in a race that is a enormous, enormous underdog for any Democrat, including her. And um, she, she met these two gentlemen. They, they befriended her. And she took a photograph with them and put it on Twitter just to twerk people, just to irk folks. She did the Lost in Peterson, if I had to say <laughs> what she did do. Um, and and there were, the backlash was overwhelming. Now, the, the better, what really happened is the woke folks, which she's been one in the past, devoured one of their own, as they always do. Nobody felt sorry for Robespierre going to the guillotine because he'd sent so many other folks there. And uh, I think you're finding a lot. Not many folks have a lot of sympathy for Sarah Unsecker because... She said and done this to other folks. There's a, a story from a few years ago, Bob Burns, your labor Democrat, your Democrat that, that big, he worked for a living, right? You shook Bob Burns' hand. That man had, he was a teamster. He delivered beer for a living. Anheuser-Busch beer. Um, and they, he was on a radio show promoting a veterans charity that he was a part of doing uh, with a guy that had made some comments that folks thought were racist. I, I, I'm sure they probably were. I didn't hear the show. I don't know. But they ran him out of the caucus over it. It was ridiculous. And Sarah Unser was in that caucus. And I asked her, so Bob Burns, yep, yep, yep. Well, this happened. Yep, yep, yep. You didn't say anything about him. And she didn't. And it just goes to show you these woke people will destroy their locusts. They will eat. And if you're part of that woke mob, your real enemy ain't the old boy you're shooting at. You look to the left and right of you. That's your enemies because they're going to be the ones that eat you. I like that you compared this to Robespierre, right? The French Revolution, yep. right? It starts to eat itself. And, you know, Missouri Democrats are underdogs. Obviously, winning a statewide race is, is a rare thing. Republicans are expected to absolutely blow it out when it comes to next year's elections here. Um, but that being said, on some races can be competitive. We had um, a, a Democrat uh, auditor, I think, for a little while mm -hmm. here, and then that, that seat got flipped. But Sarah Unsicker, she's being a state representative, probably had a really good shot at being the attorney general candidate here in Missouri. But now it's going to be I'm sure the Democrats are going to be rolling out the guillotine for her because of the cashew chicken to Adolf Hitler pipeline. <laughs> They're going to kick her out of the caucus. Yeah. She lost all her committee assignments. They ripped her off committee. Uh, they have a formal process by which to kick you out of caucus. Um, she also said a couple other things. There's a guy named Tom Schweik was our state auditor. He committed suicide uh, back 2015, I think. Uh, she questioned that. I don't know. Can you say that's bullshit on here? Because yeah, it, it was yeah. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew Tom Schweik. Tom, it was a terribly awful thing. He she shot himself with his own gun with his wife in the house. Um, she during my interview, she apologized for that. Then there was a young lady named Cora Faith Walker that was a state rep here that had moved on to a senior position in, in St. Louis County government. She died of a of a of a problem. It was a, a tragic heart issue. And there were folks that went out and Cora Faith Walker was one of the most fit women you'd ever run into. There's people that ask questions about that. I think honestly so. And, you know, you know me. I'm uh, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but if you told me maybe not every protocol was followed just like it would always be followed if that was a normal person, okay, I might believe that. But there's nothing to indicate there was any foul play. There's nothing. There was any drug use. They did a they did a straight autopsy. There was no. She didn't. I knew her extremely well. She didn't do drugs. Cora was this very vivacious person, and and that's the Black Caucus. She was an African American lady. The Black Caucus is not going to sit still until she's gone. So they're going to kick her out. I almost think it's more about that kind of stuff is reasonable to, to kick someone out of a caucus for 
than taking a picture with two guys that, I mean, okay, so they intentionally say controversial things. Probably a lot of it's to get attention. Is that really that big a deal? No. But when she doubled down on some of this stuff, and Crystal Quaid, the Democratic full leader, the, the, the Democrat nominee for governor uh, next, next fall, she's been a big defender of Sarah's. I mean, Sarah is a nice person. She's just, well, you know, she probably wouldn't have got elected down the boot hill, right? Mm. Uh, but the suburb people are different folks, and uh, Crystal's defended her a lot and helped her. And I, I'm, I almost feel sorry for Sarah. After I interviewed her, I almost felt sorry for her because I think she's got into something and she doesn't know how to get out of it. I want to talk to you about some of Missouri's statewide races here and what's what's on the 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 ballot for next year. Uh, uh, before we do very briefly, I want to say thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us up on mm -hmm. here on the front page. Click like and subscribe to the channel. I know that for the many hundreds and hundreds of you who are tuning in live to us right now, it's probably your first time coming into contact with this show. You have no idea who we are. I'm Austin Peterson. My guest right now is Scott Fawn of the Missouri Times. We we broadcast this from Jefferson City, Missouri, just a step or two away from the Capitol. And here on this show, we believe in economic freedom and personal liberty. So if that's your bag, baby. Click that like, subscribe, and come back and join us here in the studio from Monday through Fridays, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time on the show. We're glad and grateful to have you here. And of course, you can send us a text. Maybe you have a question for Scott or myself. Send us a text at 573-319-1586. He's drinking out of my awesome AP for Liberty shop, Less Government, More Beer Stein, which you can get again at apforlibertyshop.com. So in Missouri, we have, um, there's going to be a senator race, I think. is Senator Josh Hawley is up for re-election, yep. but that one's pretty much on lock, I would say. I don't see any way around it. I mean, he... Nobody would primary him, I don't think. Well, Nobody's serious. It's funny who you talk to. Josh Hawley, had, is, I would say his support is extremely wide in this state. I'm not sure how deep it is. And, and, and part of that is you ask a Democrat, and they'll say, well, he shouldn't have been out there holding his fist up to them January 6th people. You ask a Republican, they say, well, he should have been prancing around, <laughs> running away. <laughs> he should have been stealing Nancy <laughs> Pelosi's podium. Well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit two-faced, you know. But it, uh, uh, I, I think Josh Hawley will win re-election. I, I don't see Missouri sitting a Democrat to the United States Senate. Got to, yeah, yeah, completely agree. Uh, and I, you know, I don't see any serious primary challengers either. Yeah. Um, when it comes to our governor race, uh, outgoing Governor Mike Parson will be replaced by one of three people. It will either be Jay Ashcroft, our current uh, uh, Secretary of State, um, Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe, or it will be uh, State Senator Bill Eigel. Um, If you were a betting man and we're putting your own money on this race, where would you put your own money? Oh, I'd, I'd probably diversify my portfolio a little bit. I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I, I honestly can't. I mean, Jay Ashcroft could have ran away with this race. His father was the famed United States Attorney General, legendary Missourian John Ashcroft. Uh, think back to the George Bush administration, 9-11, the Patriot Act, those type of things. That was John Ashcroft was at the tip of the spear defending this nation after we were attacked. And in Missouri, he is revered in the Republican Party. He's a saint. His son um, inherits a lot of that. Uh, his son inherits that, that golden last name. His son is a very good guy, very honest guy. You want to talk about a person who will tell you what he thinks? Jay Ashcroft is a is a man of conviction. Um, I, I think he's very competent to be governor. Folks call him a lawyer. Jay Ash, you want to really understand, Jay Ashcroft's an engineer. And if you approach Jay Ashcroft knowing he's an engineer, not he is both. He's a lawyer and an engineer. But um, if you approach him as an engineer, you kind of get him. I think he's he's the front runner in this race. He will be until he'll be the front runner in this race until the ads start flying at least. He could have probably ran away a little bit with it, but he hasn't. And I know and I, I held back. It feels a little like, you yeah. know, that, that he hasn't really kind of been like taking taking the lead and sort of running away with it. Like tr what Trump is doing in the primary right now, he could have I feel like he could have done. But, uh, you know, I'm not seeing the Jay Ashcroft ads. 
I'm not seeing the signs. I'm not seeing him out there. I mean, I reached out to him for an interview on this show. Usually we respond. I haven't heard from him. That's just kind of unlike him, you know? Well, look, I think when you, when you're in a football game and you're winning in the fourth quarter, you don't throw the 40 yard pass. You a lot of times run the damn ball. And mm-hmm. I think maybe he's running the damn ball a little bit. Uh, but his, his issue, I think in a straight up race, Mike Kehoe is Mr. Missouri. He has the greatest Rolodex in this state. Mike Kehoe knows more people's kids by name in this state than you can imagine. He is raising money hand over. He's got he's got more money than both of his com, uh, competitors put together. He was quoting my wife's tweets to her when he met her. He's an incredible guy. I mean, if we were all in a big room and it caught on fire, Mike Key would be the one telling us all what to do, and we'd all follow his lead. He's the bull of the woods. Um, However, the Republican Party has an interesting thing about it. And and, and I don't know if you compare this to Democrat politics, but I know in Republican politics, there are so many things the Republican Party touts of the last 10 years of Missouri. Every single one of them. Mike Key was doing the hard work in the rooms, getting the compromise, getting the bill moved moving the goalposts there at the bill signing. And I tell you, the right-wing folks just can't wait to punish him for every single thing he's done that they brag about. And they want to reward folks that were on the outside of the room on Facebook complaining about it. Uh, <laughs> and it is a, and I'm sure there's an analogous to the Democrat Party, but in Missouri, the Democrats don't do anything substantively, policy-wise, so it's Republicans. But I mean, it is, it is funny to me to watch the man who's done so, who's been solely responsible for so many things, they just cannot wait to scold the heck out of him for those accomplishments. Um, it is is truly, you know, the difference between the establishment or a rhino and not is if they like you or if you'll return their, if you'll like their their Facebook post, well, then you're wonderfully conservative. If you don't, you're a rhino. Bill Igle. Now, can I, let me, yeah. let me set up the Bill Igle thing, because when it comes to Jay Ashcroft, you know, I have interviewed him dozens of times on my radio show. And every time when it came to an issue that I would typically put myself perhaps a little bit out of step with the Republican Party on, the, at least the mainstream of the Republican Party, right, when it came to a tax issue, the gas tax or something like that, uh, Jay Ashcroft sided with me, the radical, on, on those issues, which makes me really like Jay Ashcroft. But he doesn't get the same kind of fiery reaction that I get when I when I see Bill Igel out there fighting. He's sort of like gets my blood up right so it gets me excited uh, to go and vote and he's with me on all of those issues um is he kind of like paper candidate though because i mean no. in, in real politics he seems to have distinguished himself and made himself a real candidate I in this agree. race look i think the the funny part is do i think at the end of the day mike keogh respects jay ashcroft not really i think there's a lot of folks that get mad at jay oh you're living off your dad's name well, you know, there's a lady south of here in Arkansas uh, who whose daddy was governor. And you know what they call Sarah Huckabee? Governor. So it really doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, I would be frustrated, too. We all would if the, if the guy whose who's dad owns the company promotes his son. Of course, there's going to be some animosity. But at the end of the day, when you count the votes and who gets to put their hand on the Bible, none of that really matters. Um, I think there might Keogh could not beat Jay Ashcroft one-on-one. I, really, I don't think Mike Keogh could beat John Ashcroft's son one-on-one. However, Bill Igel is a political phenomenon in this state. Bill Igel is the guy, and I've watched his maturation as a candidate. He used to, Bill Igel's a very intelligent person. Bill Igel could be governor, and he, if he was, here's the funny part, he would do a good job. He would be a very competent governor. Agreed. He would make two plus two equal four. He will say all the stupid things that the dumbest people in the state want to hear. I like it. <laughs> I'm one of the dumb ones. <laughs> but, but the fact is, most of those things you can't actually do. Yeah. And he knows that. Mm. But do, do I think he would do a form of those that makes sense? Do I think he'd be conservative? Yeah. I think, I think in reality, Bill Eigel, he's run the best campaign. He has the best messaging. He does the best interviews. He gives the, he's the best war tour in the party. 
And it's helped that he's let go of any sense of common sense. I mean, he you're you know when he's talking to you, he's telling you what the most right wing polling data says you want to hear, and he's so good at saying it. Now, does Bill Eigel know? Yes, Bill Eigel is not stupid. Bill Eigel understands these. The, you know, you can't cut property tax and income tax and sales tax. You just can't, right? You just—I mean, it's just not going to happen. Now, you could tell people that, and if you want to believe that, it's your vote. Do what you want. And Bill has gotten so good; he's finally let go of that last little bit of logic and just flowing. And he's a great candidate. He is absolutely a factor in this race. He could win this race. Um, the truth is, like everybody, he—he's—he's kind of got all the angry money. And he's reached a point in this campaign where he's going to have to now sit down and show a major, you know, mid six figure donor he can win. No, the protest money's over. The the easy time of Bill's campaign is over. He's going to he'll always be the best on the stump. He'll always be the best. He likes to put stuff on the Internet. He, he, Bill Eigel understands what that angry suburban guy who who's maybe his neighbor's got a bigger boat than him and his, his other neighbor's wife's hotter than his wife. And he's mad. He ain't going to blame himself. Right. So he's going to find somebody to blame. Bill Eigel can say, come with me, buddy. I'll tell you who to blame. It's not, you know, it's not because that guy worked extra time on Saturdays about that boat. It's not because this old boy goes to the gym, you know, every morning at six, and he's got a hotter wife than you. It's, it's not, it's not your fault that you're lazier or dumber. It's somebody else's fault. I'll tell you who. And Bill's Bill Bill's like a see he could have he could have charmed all the angry white suburban lazy failures into the sea, just like St. Patrick did the snakes in Ireland. Uh they'd be out there drowned. Uh and, and but I tell you, I think Bill Igel, if he were to be governor, the first thing like anybody, if you get elected with radicals, they get ticked off first because you just yes. it doesn't add up. And so they all turn on you. That'll happen to Bill too, but Bill, I, I'll, I'll give you a prediction that I might be the only. I'll give you a my. Um, Let's hear. On my do I start a knowledge prediction? If Bill Bill Igel could be elected governor, um, if he is governor, he will do a very good job, and he will he will not. You can't make radicals happy, but what you can do is you you will actually accomplish things. Uh, he will lead this state in a conservative direction, but I think he'll do it competently, where it'll actually work. You keep in mind, Texas, Florida, we like to compare ourselves to. They can do a lot of innovative things because it all comes down to money, right? So everything's about money or sex, right? Well, this is about money. And in Texas, they got oil money. And in Florida, they got tourism money. And they got sex. One last question like for you here on this one. Um, is there any, there's going to be presidential primaries where we're going to have a caucus here in Missouri. Any love lost for Trump at all in the state of Missouri? Um, Austin, I think it's an interesting thing. His support is... Um, is 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 the widest of any person in the, I've ever seen in my life. It is deep in the places. The funny part is, you look at the you lay a map of this state where Democrats used to perform well, where they in eastern Jackson County, kind of Independence area where you're from, a little bit of that Northland where the cop, all the firefighters and cops moved north of the river. Then you got the Boot Hill farmers. We're white trash. We love Trump. They used to vote Democrat. South County, St. Louis, Jeffco, your your labor guys that used to vote Democrat. Trump knocks it out of the park there. He is invincible in those. They don't care what he does. You have a whole other ring. Like, we're in central Missouri. These are Catholic folks. They don't drive their money. They don't got three ex-wives. They don't wear their money. They are conservative in every facet of life. Donald Trump here in Springfield is not overly popular for an average Republican candidate. He brings in some Democrats and folks, but for the most part, you're normal Republicans. They could take or leave Donald Trump. But I tell you what I think happened to them. They started arresting him every three days or something. <laughs> and folks are like, you know, they don't sit right with me. Something ain't right about that. I don't think that's right. And I think that is truly what has taken 
your 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 independence voters, and I don't mean independent. I mean folks from Independence, Missouri, where Harry Truman's from. You know where they do have a, a payday loan, right? And you know they they have they buy their furniture and installments. Them folks were Trump folks. They weren't changing. They didn't care what he did. He he when he called Jeb Bush a wuss and Marco Rubio and Rand Paul weird. They were in. They like, well, that kind of old boy seems a little weird to me. He says the things they were thinking. And so I, I think that those folks will never change. They don't want to hear it. But I think your average Republican voter was open to a change from uh, Nikki Haley. I don't, Ron DeSantis, I never thought really clicked that the person, you can't go from the most charismatic guy ever down to, it's George W, George H.W. Bush had this problem. You had Ronald Reagan, this most charismatic, wonderful dude. Then you drop down to George Bush and people are like, well, this is not great. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I, I think the same thing happened. Al Gore, Bill Clinton, right? You had Bill Clinton, this wonderfully charismatic guy, and then Al Gore, none. I don't think the American people, you can take all the issues out of it. Most folks don't. You watch him on TV. He's not watchable. He's not. I think he Haley is a very attractive woman. I think that's what her saving grace is. If you're clicking through, you're like, oh, wow. If you're watching news channels, you see her, you're like, okay. Yeah. You got to have some personality. I don't think DeSantis has. I think Trump will win. I think Trump may be elected president. Well, too. Our listeners are totally agreeing with you. They're giving you the thumbs up saying, I, will, I was on the fence with Trump until they started arresting him. Yep. Every other day. That's Scott Fawn joining us live now here in studio of the Missouri Times. This is his studio where he does his own show, uh, This Week in Missouri Politics. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of your passion projects and what you're working on right now, Scott, where people can follow you and all that good stuff. You could um you can follow me at Missouri Times, uh anything Missouri Times, this week in Missouri Politics. You could um you you could also follow me at Scott Fawn on Twitter if you want to read about Political stuff, mostly cardinal, frustrated, angry cardinal tweets. Uh, then the passion project I've cut into, honestly, a little bit inspired by you. Um, we we we've done a weekly show. I had for a long time, but I, you know, you 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 know when something's not great. It was not great. Uh, I've watched some of the stuff you've done. It's kind of it was the inspiration to do a lot of the stuff we've done in here. Um, and I do this weekly show that I actually enjoy where we interviewed Sarah Unsicker uh, on Monday. Uh, pretty much if something if something happens in politics in Missouri. We'll get that newsmaker to come on that week uh, somewhere. It's not, I probably need to get it more organized, but kind of do it as news strikes or Tuesdays at 11. Um, and that's been kind of a, a, a positive thing for us. It, it's it's really went well. I think you get a chance to really get to know folks a little bit better because we can do long form. We don't have to stop. Uh, so that's, that's went well for us. And then I've, I do a show called Children, Missouri, where I go to a, every county in the state. We talk hogs, dogs, and logs. I'm going up to Schuyler County later today. We get set and talk about the history of this state. If you ain't from Missouri, it might not take your fancy, but if you are and you want to learn about your state, go to showmissouri.com, history of Missouri, one county at a time. We've got a lot of Missouri people who watch this show and are tuning in. I'm seeing dozens of Missouri people talking about uh, these issues, so I'm sure they'd be uh, interested to follow Scott Fawn. Um, one listener who uh, messaged in this morning says that, ouch, bashing my hometown, that's cool. We call it meth dependence. Very funny. Thank you, too. That is great. Look, Victor Callahan <laughs> is the godfather to one of my children, an old independence guy. I have an independence is my second hometown. I love independence. I was born there. Scott, thanks so much for your time today. Let's give it up for Scott Fawn. Appreciate you being so generous hey, joining us here in this. Uh, and of course, thanks for the uh, donation of the studio here for the show. AP for Liberty gets you a stein. You, it's never too early to start celebrating Oktoberfest, is what I always say. That's right. Less government, more beer at APForLibertyShop.com. One more time. Give it up for Scott Fawn. Thanks, Scott. Have a wonderful day. Appreciate Merry Christmas, you. pal. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. All right. Well, if you enjoyed that content, you want to hear more of it, you got to click that like button and subscribe to the channel so you can come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. I've been enjoying this clip of Trump derangement syndrome this morning, just making me laugh. Let's watch it again. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president. 
um, it, it because if he is, you can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America. And first of all, you could go to Canada if we annexed Canada, it would just be America. And honestly, I think it's probably a good idea because they need to be freed from the tyranny of Justin Trudeau. Am I right? Shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the first lady. We're going to see violence. Wait, 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 shoot the first lady? What? Red, white, and renegade. Haven't seen you in a few days, man. Nice to see you again. He says there's a popular live channel right now, but they scream talk and always force hit like and share. If you don't believe this, then hit like and share consistently. So much better here. I do click. I do say click like and share a lot, though. So please don't get mad at me. <laughs> the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. Rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. Wants to take away your vote. Senate and the House are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. This is the end democracy yeah. i think that could be the end of our democracy but democracy is dead if trump is reelected. elected up to putin that democracy will be at risk the absolute destruction of the justice department as we know it the justice department could be entirely transformed i am really concerned about that every person who was associated with the attempted coup elevated in the administration he's reelected. he will curb transgender rights the end of the rule of law arrest political opponents to persecute not prosecute to persecute his enemies. Take a wrecking ball to the rule of law. He's going to make the law. Everyone else will have to follow. A vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. To go after the independent and free parts of American civic life. He would tear down our institutions. Purge the government of employees. Department by department effort to weaponize the powers of the government. To use the military to quash protests. Ridding the government of all democratic safeguards. Junking American democracy as we have always known it. That he would try to stay in office beyond a second term. That he would never leave office. There's no question. Trump is reelected, he won't leave. Donald Trump will never leave office voluntarily. And what that means is that everybody who wants us to remain a republic has to put every other thing aside and work together urgently. <laughs> Don't you just kind of want to see Donald Trump get elected just to see the total meltdown next year? Is part of you just kind of just hoping that, that you get to see that happen. I mean, come on. I know, even if you're not the biggest Trump fan in the world, well, you know, don't you think 
Wouldn't you just want to hear him run and scream? <laughs> did you enjoy the Wake Up America show today? I certainly hope that you did. Mo Conservatarian joined us for the very first time today. We always love making new friends, and I've been seeing so many new names and faces here today. Thank you. If you are new and you want to come back and join us again tomorrow, I won't mind. Just make sure you click subscribe so you don't forget who I am. I'm AP for Liberty. And this is the Wake Up America show. We've always got great guests for you. Didn't we absolutely kill it today? Cliff Maloney, Judge Napolitano, Scott Fawn. So much fun. Thanks to everybody who supports the Wake Up America show. And you can become a supporter too if you join our monthly support club. Five bucks a month here at rumble.com or over at wakeupamericashow.com slash support. You get a 20% discount at apforlibertyshop.com. So if you become a monthly subscriber to the show, you get a 20% discount. If you're already a monthly subscriber and you don't have your 20% discount, you got to hit me up on Twitter or um, perhaps, uh, you know, send me a text here on the show, the text line. Say, hey, Austin, I didn't get my 20% discount card. My name is X and uh, and I'll go check the records and I'll send you back your 20% discount code because we like to take care of people who take care of us, don't we, Rooster? Yes. Yes, we do. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see you tomorrow here, won't we, on the Wake Up America show. At wakeupamericashow.com.